John. Mary Lee. How are you? Lovely. <laughs> I feel like it's been a minute. <laughs> it has been. I know. What are you doing? Well, I'm, I was looking into the Middle Ages. I'm looking at the seven deadly sins and the seven heavenly virtues. Yeah. Is it related to the Middle Ages and uh, in the theater, actually, the theater, the fine arts, the Middle Ages were based on the virtues and sins. Yeah. Principally. And I'm curious about the seven. You know, you, you've got angel numbers and stuff. What's the seven about? Do you know what the seven means? Um, I'd have to look it up. I don't have them all memorized. Right. But, um, yeah, why? No reason. Oh, just, yeah. I'm just, you know, it's just a, a new curiosity. <laughs> yeah, well, I, well, I know I'm going to talk to you. Okay, well, yes. I know I'm going to talk to you. I know that I have to spend some time thinking about God in some format. Yeah. Um, otherwise, I will I will have committed a, a sin. I'll be committing a sloth. Or... <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> oh, God. I don't know what kind of reputation I got going on here. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh, it's like a, a new standard of I don't know, accountability, I guess. Well you are the new standard, aren't you? I mean, come on. Aren't you aren't well, you establishing the standard? Well, I shared my own. Let's put it that way. Well that's an establishment of some kind, I would Yes. Think. Yes. I mean, you know, I don't <clears> want <throat> to impose it on others. You know what I mean? Of course. I get it. But yeah. You know, people think, oh, my God, but it's my own standard, and I have a right to it. <laughs> well, listen, ease up on yourself. You know, when I talk to you about this stuff, it's it's just in jest. You're a classy gal. Well, thank you. And, you know, don't worry about it. Fuck them. You know, mm-hmm. send them down the road. I mean, you don't want to, you don't want to turn me loose on the, on the naysayers about you. You know, <laughs> that would not be healthy for anybody. <laughs> well, and I appreciate that. I I really appreciate how you are, you know, my guardian for sure. And uh, I need that. God knows I need that. Well, I think all people need that. It's not yeah. exclusive to you. I mean, it's just, it's all part of the of being alive in the cosmos, I think. Yeah. You know, you want to, right. you want to know somebody's got your back. Right. Definitely. Um, and Definitely. That, that can take all sorts of formats. But the point is, is that, you know, they pick up the phone or whatever it is that happens, you know, they see mm-hmm. you. I think seeing you is, is important. Uh, seeing anybody. You can look mm-hmm. at people, but you got to see them. That's right. And um, completely different. Totally different. Completely different. And I would say that, you know, most of the time we don't take the time to see you know we just figure you know you're living you're breathing you're just like everybody else and let's just you know get to business whatever that may be and i think that's okay and i'll and i'll say that's a societal problem Mm -hmm. that is that we get stuck with based on on uh corporate need for speed yeah um you know i mean just getting McDonald's line and see how quick you can get a hamburger is pretty fast, you know. People get used to that. Yeah. They get used to the speed. And yeah. then they, they start to they start to require it. Mm-hmm. And um 
And I think that that bleeds down, if there's such a thing as bleed down and that kind of thing, mm-hmm. bleeds down to a lot of stuff in life. And it does. Not fun. I know. Like taking it's, the time to build a hamburger, taking the time to build a relationship. Yeah. That's right. You know? Yeah. But on the other hand, you know, I, I think that there are people out there who, you know, we just feel like, well, I'm not taking applications right now. <laughs> well, you know? I think I think more people are that way. And I think that that's becoming more pervasive mm-hmm. because because the um, the relationship, the available relationships that are worthwhile are so rare now. I think. Right. That that I don't care. And I don't care about gender. It's not about gender. It's about it's about it's about intellect and and love and caring and psychology and all that stuff. Whatever those words are, um, it has to do with companionship and you know walking with someone, talking, whatever. Right. It's not about gender. It's not gender specific at all. No, it's, it's about, about people... it's about energy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Do I have the energy to do that? You know what I mean. I think that's that's the the ongoing. Do I have the energy to put toward this? Well, yeah, and the other, but the other thing I think is we, we got to be careful of is is that um, if you're if you're down uh, in any way, then you tend to be be careful that you're not vulnerable to to someone who comes along and and uh, um, sets up a false flag for being. You know, wonderful when they're really not. They could be terrible. Well, so, that's right. But we're trying to avoid all of that stuff with a new education. Yes, we are. Right. Yeah. You yeah. know, and um, there's that. But, you know, the any port in the storm thing still holds, I think, for people. What does that mean? Any port in the storm? Well, you're, if you're in trouble, you'll, you'll put your ship in anywhere just to you oh, know, get okay. out of the storm. Mm-hmm. Right. And um, you know, instead right. of instead of toughing it out. That's right. And um, you don't want to be alone. You know, there's somebody interested in you. It's like, oh, hallelujah. <laughs> and I'm going to roll the dice. <laughs> yeah. And see yeah. if this really works. Right. See, because what happens is if you if you do, if, if, if you're in the storm and you see a light somewhere ashore, you a couple of things can play there. One is that you know that if you stay out, um, your hull will be better off because you're not going to be worried about having it hit someone. You're going to be going up and down, but you're not going to be hitting the bottom. You're not going to yeah. be crashing against the seawall. You know, if you make a mistake, you can drift out of the mistake. If you sure. make a mistake going into the light, uh, you can find out. You can find yourself on the bottom. You know, pretty fast. Mm-hmm. So you're better off sometimes to stay in the storm and just sort of take care of your hull. Mm. Forget about this. Forget about the port. <laughs> Seaman uh, talk. <laughs> I think it is. Right. Yeah. yeah. I do like the outer marker. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, with that analogy, I mean, to simplify it, it's just, yeah, it's, it's sometimes just easier to be status quo. Just stay where you're at. And, um, watch just watch no big commitment you know no you don't have to exert a lot of energy it's just 
you're just good where you are. And this is what has, I mean, where a lot of people are at right now, I feel, you know, I'm, I'm watching these posts, I'm listening to people and, you know, the, how long they've been single or why they choose to be single and, you know, or why they haven't found the love of their life. I think the last three years really did a number on everybody. Could have. Yeah, could have. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it divided all of us. Well, because of what? Because of of, uh, ideology? Because of government? And just just under the pretense, you know, of this virus and all this other stuff. You know, just having to be uh, on lockdown, having to be six feet away, having to be tested, having to be, you know, masked up. It literally divided everybody. All your energy became one, you know, instead of all of us. And, um, you know, it it almost forced everybody to to look at themselves and just get comfortable being alone. Sort of a force majeure to avoid people. Yeah, um, and and yeah. now it's it's hard to reacclimate because the old way isn't a good way. It's not it acceptable is, anymore. Oh, I see. Yeah, culturally, it's it's because people are still not they don't trust. Right. Yeah, and, and no matter what the story is, if the story is right or wrong, it's been set. Therefore, right. it takes a long time for that to drift away. Right. Well, plus, yeah. you know, if you've been forced to rely on yourself for emotional healing, you know, to occupy your time, you're not distracted with going out and partying or, you know, being amongst the crowd, whatever it is. It's like you're it's just like sit down for a minute. Just sit down. Stop. And, you know, people are looking around like, well, what do I do with myself? Well, what do I do? And you, you have time to think. Well, those people that really do get up against that block probably have never walked in nature. They should take a walk in the city park, you know. Well, I think it's, I mean, it's just everybody. I think it's just, even, you know, those who are on a path of some sort, you know, when you're forced to just sit down and the nonsense is swarming around you, you know, all this information war. You're just like, okay, I'm overwhelmed by this show. And then it's, it's really hard to connect, I think, with other people. It's like there's, it's like, ah, I'm good. Well, I agree with that. But I, from speaking personally, I'm pretty introspective. Yeah. Um, I, I can, I have a reputation for being a loner. Yeah. What do you do? Yes, a um, lone wolf. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, all that stuff. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's in fact you called me a one wolf once, didn't you? That's right. In fact, you wrote it down. In fact, that's it's right. on the internet. <laughs> that's right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I forgot about that. All right. Well, that's accurate. That's accurate. Okay. okay. I am a one wolf, um, and that comes with a series of scars. Mm-hmm. Be- I mean, you get to be a lone wolf because you get scarred a lot, mm-hmm. um, among other things. So, yeah, so I, where are we going with this? I don't know. Um, Just the idea of love. Just the idea of trying again, putting your energy in. You know, people are talking about wanting to find somebody. They want the love of their life. But they don't want to put the energy in either on any front. Meaning that 
Like, for example, with the game, it, it, it seems daunting until somebody reads it. And even though it is, there's just, it illuminates so much. You know, it's funny uh, when you brought, just bring up the game. Yeah. Um, I'm looking at a copy of the game right now. Mm-hmm. But you know what I have right on top of it? I didn't realize right next to it. What? Cover to cover. The War of the World Views by Deepak Chopra and Leonard Mladenow. Mm-hmm. That's the yin and those are the yin and yang boys of of, um, of spirituality and and science. Okay. Yeah. And I've got it right next to your book. I wonder why I did that. By the way, I sent you some stuff today, and I yeah. forgot to include. Damn, I forgot to include this. I just saw it. The book. Ah. By um, it's 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 an, it's still in print by you know multiple copies. Uh-huh. But this is the one I have is an original by Crosby Nichols Company in Boston. It's an 80, 1844 copyright of I Will Be a Lady, a book for girls. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you still I have forgot. it with you? I'm holding it in my hand right now. I forgot. To okay, so open it. it. Open it somewhere and read me something. Yeah. Your kindness makes me ashamed of myself. Too well do I remember the pride and wickedness of my heart. The only time that I ever entered their hospital dwelling, there was a lady from a distance then visiting you. Do you remember? Who was she? Where does she live? Her name was Mrs. Wheatley, and she lives in Boston. Okay. How about that? So is it a story then? Yeah, it's a novel. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's not, it's not, it's not a, it's just a, to be read. Did you read it? Parts of it. Parts of it. No, I haven't. I mean, I, I pick up, <laughs> I pick up, I, pick, I don't need to read I Will Be a Lady, but I mean, I, I pick up stuff like this. Right. Uh, from time to time, because I have a nose for these things. Is that yeah. And I saw this um, in the juvenile library of I Will Be a Lady, and I thought, well, you know, I know this woman who's a lady. Maybe she's a writer. Yes. So I'm going to send you this book. So I got it for you. And I forgot to send it to you. Oh, well, then I'll get more love in the mail. You will. You will. It's coming. You got two boxes coming today. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. love getting happy, love in the mail. Happy Thanksgiving. Thank you. Happy yeah. Thanksgiving. I love it. <laughs> Christmas early. <laughs> oh, it's all stuff you don't need. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, that's all right. Nothing, nothing is congenial and wonderful. Is sending merely something she wants. No, 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 no. How silly is that? No. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, in either case, I will be surprised, and uh, there will yeah, be a story, yeah. no doubt. Yeah. Oh yeah, there'll be some kind of story. Mhm. Now, I know I go on. Go on. You what? Well, I'm just looking up. I just picked up Steinbeck's Travels with Charlie. I'm I'm going to miss this library when we go traveling. You know, I'm going to really miss this library. Oh, I know. I'm not sure. I don't know what to tell you about that. Really, I'm kind of at cross purposes there. It's awful. It's literally like packing all your friends away. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I know. I feel that way yeah. too. There's I have a lot of wine packed. I need mm-hmm. these guys more than I think, more than I realize. Mm-hmm. Could very well be. Mm-hmm. What is it about that? What is it about books anyway? 
I mean, even well, bad books. Uh, what do you mean? What about even bad books? Well, I mean, just a book's a book. You know, I mean, I got some books here that I, you know, I, I'm not very excited about the authors. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, they're information. You know, it's a lot of stuff here. I can pick any one of them up and open up to any page and I've got something going, you know? Oh, sure. Of course, because inspiration hit the author to deliver right. something. So there's got to be a nugget in there somewhere. That's right. Mm-hmm. I you agree. know what's interesting is that, is that some of these authors are dead or are dying. Mm-hmm. Um, Clayton Christensen was one of my favorite guys at Harvard. And he wrote a book called The Innovative University. I used to follow him a lot because he was just so interesting. And the poor bastard died. And he died young. Really? Yep. How young? Hmm? How young? Yeah. Oh, I know. He's, you know, middle-aged. Middle-aged. Hmm. Man. He, got, he got a stroke. Hmm. And uh, he had to learn how to talk again. I suppose it got him somehow. Yeah. Smart guy though, but I mean, it's just like it's like so when so when you know an author and you know the book and the author dies, does something happen to the book? What happens to the book at that point? Anything? Um, I think I don't know exactly what you're asking. You means like energetically, or just that it doesn't stay in print, or what? Yeah. Well, yeah, energetically. I don't care about print. You can always print yeah. a book. Yeah. But. Um, I, does energy come out of the book or does it go back in? Does the guy die and go into the book? No, it's it's your legacy. You know, it's your energy that will be passed on again and again for everyone who reads it. So obviously the game is going to be your legacy or at least part of it. Mm-hmm. Maybe the whole thing. You think so? Well, um, it's not your family. It's not my family. Not your book, and book's not your family. Your family's part of your legacy. Right. 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 Well, you know, I always said that my greatest contribution, or anybody's, is is your children. How you raise your children, you know, how, what you contribute to society through your children. And, you know, and because of that, I had to make more of myself. You know, it's not just about telling them to eat their peas and carrots, you know, it's like you got to give them a role model. So you're, I mean, you've been very successful at that. What being a role model. Yeah, I think in my opinion, anyway. Thank you. Well, they seem to think so. That's what they tell me. (laughs) 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 You know, but that's, and that really inspired me you know, to become more and not just to say more, not just to, you know, expect more, demand more as a parent. You know, it's like, I'm not going to put all that pressure on my children. I have to put that pressure on myself. That's a learning, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Not just to say more, but to actually do more. Right. Do more. Exactly. Take something of yourself. Yeah. Right. Give them, give them a hero. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, instead of being the nag, and then they look to someone else as their hero. I didn't want that. You know, and so what resulted from it was the game. So the game is a product of all those things, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It definitely is. The product of me 
keeping a commitment to myself or the, my children and myself to God, you know, to show them that no matter what, you know, no matter what, I'm committed. I'm not going back. There's something to that because what, what is surprising me about my book now is that the last third of my book goes into my my time in Paris and it and it, it evolves into the story of you. Mm-hmm. And what's surprising me now is that I having I'm having more people ask me about the second book than the first book about who you are. Really? Yeah. I was well, surprised. Could, why is that a surprise? I mean, I, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it would seem to me like, you know, the people that know you, let's say, people that know you are going to know these stories and, you know, your perspective of your own life telling these stories. But the, but in some way, they feel they already know you and your stories. But I when guess that makes sense, sure. Yeah, yeah. So when you get to the point where these three women come into your life, and it's like, John, what's going on here? Like, who is that? You know what I mean? Like, it's something new that they don't know about. Yeah. Yeah. The Trinity has become a big curiosity. That's sure enough. Yep. You're right. Mm-hmm. But I um, I don't think that no one seems to understand yet, although they will understand, where they're kind of expecting, well, it's like, um, um, uh, Donna Sebo uh, said the other night, she said, uh, you know, in the third section of the book, she said, then you switch, then yes. you switch. Mm-hmm. And she said that with a, with a great deal of conviction, then you switch. Mm-hmm. And then she went into the conversations with Aquinas. And then she was discussing the abruptness of Aquinas and mm-hmm. how tough he was on me and, and uh, that kind of stuff. So, there's an interest that's being generated here. And, right. and that's, that's pretty good. Uh, because what they don't realize, these people don't realize, is that the damn book has been written already anyway. Mm-hmm. And just sort of passed among the information. It's really fascinating. It'll come out, It'll come out anyway. But, right, right. But, uh, well. I, it's, it's, it's a gift. The book is a gift to me. It's going to be a gift to everybody. Right. Really that's nice. how I feel. that's that's how I feel I mean that's how I felt about the game and you know reading yours and just like geez it's just amazing so you know even like what what chapter are you on 93 93 I think yeah 94 93 94 yeah holy cow how many chapters how many chapters are gonna be (laughs) well I don't know I don't know well you know the thing is they're short chapters you know, they are. I mean, some of them are really short, but that's I got that from Elizabeth Gilbert and Eat Pray Love. Mm-hmm. I really like her style. Mm-hmm. I've always liked her style. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of I'm writing. I'm writing her style, but yeah, that's how it is. But I think I think I turned. I think I'm turning the corner now, where where I think that that um, the uh, the high holy order is starting to figure out specifically who you might be and they're scared to death of you. I think that's good. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. It's funny as hell. 
<laughs> you had me laughing today. <laughs> you know, it's funny because you're you're following the emotion of it, and in the like, I'm reading it, going, "Oh my gosh!" Like, you know, it's scary. And then, but then, whatever it is you say, it just and then I just bust out laughing. So. <laughs> Which is great, you know, because it like eases that tension. It's like, okay, we're still good. We're still good. <laughs> it's like nobody's gonna get crucified here. <laughs> because it feels like that sometimes, you know. You're reading it, going, "Oh my god, <laughs> no." Mm -hmm. So, yeah, yeah I'm glad that, that you know, it's just amazing what you're doing. <laughs> And I can't it's, wait. It's it's hard to I don't know. It's speaking as a new author. You're not a new author. I I am. I mean, I've written books, but I mean, you, I mean, my books were self-published. You know, your books were real books. But this is the first time I've picked up a real publisher. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's and I'm thrilled with the whole with what's going on. Oh yeah, they're doing great uh, by you. They really are. Mm -hmm. They really are. And uh, I was. Uh, it's a huge difference. I was. Huge. I didn't really realize what the difference was, but mm -hmm. it's big, big difference. It is big. I know. So, however, I think, I think you, right now, have got the best opportunity to turn my book into a movie, because mm -hmm. of who you are. I really think it's going to be. I mean, it's going to be a movie about you anyway. Mm -hmm. But um, that's going to be a lot of fun. If it well, it definitely reads that way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you can read it and then follow it like visually on the screen, then it is what it is. You know, it's there's I don't know. Maybe when you're reading it, like reading a different book, obviously you're reading it and you have your imagination of how this is unfolding, right? It's an imagination, but somehow or another, I can see it on the screen. Yeah, yeah. What's going? So that's good. You know, and and um Ultimately, it's a fun ride. It's magical. It's real. And and the destination is pretty damn good. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty damn good. Yeah. You see, I think that this this conversation spins you right back to our opening conversation that was, you know, half hour ago. And that is that sometimes when you're walking in good company, yeah, you don't need to have a lot more company, right? You True know that. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it gets, it sometimes it just muddies the water. Um, uh huh. That is so true. It muddies the water, yeah. and you got to really pull back and go. Okay, wait a minute. Where's the value here? Yeah. Because you you know you get um, your energy gets drained off. That's right. Mm hmm. Or siphoned off, and then you got to pull back, and then you got to get yourself back together, and that's exactly what I was talking about with you know people just um, losing interest in putting that energy into another. You know, taking I think a that's risk. Where your book, I think that's where the game, your book, mm -hmm. <clears throat> becomes incredibly valuable mm -hmm. to people who maybe are a little bit low on their energy because they've been they've been beat up pretty bad. And right. your book really helps them out. Yeah, it gives direction, a new life. Yeah. A yeah. lot of understanding, you know, why it never worked out. Your book keeps people out of harm's way. 
That's by the simply, point. <laughs> by simply elevating their life, it right. keeps them out of harm's way. It's just brilliantly done, I think. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Um, yeah, you know, I don't. I just don't know how to communicate that any more clear. You know, when 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 others, if you're explaining it, and others are just like, I can't wrap my head around that. How could it be so different than what's already out there, than what, what we already know? What you know, I mean, I've read many of the reviews of your book, and you know that the people who are reading your book are are staggered by its value. Yeah. So that's really, I think, maybe all yeah. you need to play on yeah, is I mean, what third yeah. parties, you know. It's not, yeah. You don't have to say anything. Just nope. repeat what other people say. Yeah, just let it, you know, one by one, people will be called and they'll read it and then they will understand. Yeah, but you're so terrible at self-promotion. I mean, I listen to you, you know, not talk about yourself. I have to drag it out of you all the time. You know, just... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, I just, I don't even know. Sometimes, um, gosh, that that's a thing with me for sure. For I know sure. it is. I've learned yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> well, because I, I yeah. feel like maybe it's the opposite, you know, like people, they, oh my God, Marilyn, quit talking about yourself or quit, you know, promoting your book or quit referencing the game or whatever it is, you know. And it's it's literally just an attempt to to guide and, you know, maybe hit that spot where people are just like, wait a minute, what? That is my problem. That's it. Well, at least you can avoid what people say to me when they see me coming. They just start saying, here comes I, 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 I. No, no. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, well, you know what I have found, though? I mean, there are some people who run to it, obviously, because because they know who I am and and what I believe in and everything. So there's, there's, you know, no friction at all. But then there's others who maybe don't know me as well and still are reserved you know, to be like, you know, I've got my own path and my own way and I read my own books and I know and I've learned and I've grown and I've done. And it's like, okay, because they're literally taking it personally because me. But when they dive in, it's a totally different thing because they understand the book is not, it's not my story. It's not about me. It's literally a gift to you. It's your own, it's like your own Bible. You know what I mean, if, like, it, uh, people hmm. need, what if people need a crutch? Like, <clears throat> you know, like, they, like there's, there's the libraries, you know, like on the university campuses, there's libraries where you go either study or sleep. Yeah. There's no in between. Okay. Um, and when you read your book, I wonder if there should be some little, temple little canvas castle that comes with it that we can set up in the middle of the living room floor and you go over sit in that and read your book. What if that would work? That's a marketing idea. I'm thinking mm-hmm. about marketing. Mm-hmm. Um a you know you get a book and you get a you get your own what? Environment. You get the you get the game environment. You get to listen to it well I'm not sure. I don't know. I think that ultimately what will happen is 
people will start to form groups to study it. Just like, you know, the Urantia book or, you know, Course in Miracles or, you know, whatever. You know, they all get together and they look at it and they read. They have Bible study. Same thing. Have you been promoting that? Nope. <laughs> I don't. I don't promote that. I, I feel like, I don't know. It, organically, people are just going to elevate to love. They're going to see the truth and, you know, they're, they're going to hope that there's somebody else that they can bump into and go, wait a minute, you're reading the game too? That's interesting. I mean, that's just a concept because it becomes scalable right out of the box. It's like a, well, it's like a book club. You know, yeah. I'm, the book club is we study the game, okay? Mm-hmm. And so the book club gets bigger, and so that's part of the scale. And then the ultimate scaling is if you do a personal appearance. Right. Right. And, of course, that would be like trumpets and whistles. Be like, you know, the, the queen of Norway showing up in Ballard. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Which she does from time to time. I think that would be very interesting. Right. Um, well, in a, in a perfect world, I think that would be wonderful because, you know, then people could bounce it off of each other and then see if, if their perspective is right. Because it's all about where you're at at the moment. If you really understand what is on the page. For example... It amazes me when somebody tells me they've read it within, like, I, I think it was like three or four days. Well, they're just trying to, they're just, they don't understand what the, what the book is. They haven't probably even opened it up. Um, I wouldn't say they haven't opened it up. There was All enough right. feedback to know that. However, um, if it doesn't slow you down right away to make you think... <laughs> Wait a minute. You know, it, it's so introspective that you have to sit down and contemplate. It's like it's like chewing a big piece of steak, you know, and it's like you can't just choke that down. Well, speaking of choking it down, part of the part of what you teach is is about being in the face of of um of uh, ongoing, constant, disagreeable puffery. And you admonish people to be quiet mm-hmm. and just let the bad guy talk. Right. Or let, you know, just let them talk. In other words, you're telling people to be agreeable. Yeah. Now, mm-hmm. is there some psychology to that in terms of, of how they finally just wear themselves out? Or, or I mean, it, you... I mean, I, I get that there's no risk associated with that. Disagreement creates risk right out of the box. Don't you think? Well, remember, the whole idea is to have a lifelong relationship. And you don't want to be the one to lose the game. So it doesn't matter who it is unless you've already recognized that they're not a viable player. They, they're just not. And you have cause, because you have direction, how to discern if they are or not. So let's so, just say, what? So that, that would be you then at the uh, one of our podcasts about you at the uh, farmer's market. Is that, right. is that where you just be agreeable? There's no, there's no long-term relationship there. So you're just going to walk out of there 
without creating a fuss? Um, well, I don't create a fuss. You're right. But, I mean, if we're going to use that analogy, I went to the farmer's market. But remember with the, the honey lady, right? So I let her go on with the stories that I didn't want to hear, you know, that seemed to be non, you know, I'm just ongoing. But I just knew that if I ever come back to your stand, I'm going to be subjected to the same thing. And the honey's not worth it to me. So I, I just don't go to that stand. So in other words, she, it's game over. She lost. Now, I didn't do anything. I did not do anything to lose, you know, who I am to her. Because it's my prerogative. It's a market. I can come and go. But with others, you know, that I that I frequent all the time, you know, I'm definitely making friends. They know my face. They know who I am. They know what I'm going to get. They put things away, you know, stuff like that. There's a relationship there. It's not just about, you know, give me that and I'm out. All right. But, but yeah. So, so to, is there any circumstance point, where ego works in your case? Ego works in my case. Is there anything where, where ego works in your favor? No. Ego never works in my favor. I thought. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. We want to avoid that. I know. You know, and the, the moment that my ego kicks in, I have to recognize that. And that's one of the times where you keep your mouth shut. Until, you know, you, you battle it out in your own head going, and I see where you're, where you're operating. I gotcha. You know, and then you have the courage to make the right move. Could that make you kind of like a jumping spider where you, you become dangerous because you're unpredictable? I become dangerous words, because. Well, hmm. let's say that someone has a lot of ego there and they're pushing all the time. They're, they're yeah. schoolyard bullies. All right. Mm-hmm. And you're retreating. You're like you're you're just not. You're not retreating, but you're not. You're not taking them on one to one. All right. Mm-hmm. At some point, do they see you as dangerous because you're unpredictable? No. Because you no. Mm-mm. I'm unpredictable because people don't know what love is. That's the only reason. They can't fathom what that move is. Because they only know the other side. Right. Right. And that makes me unpredictable. But here's the thing. I'm unpredictable, but it's only because you didn't see that soft punch coming. And now you're all in love. You know? It it seems to me that, that you are the answer for all the world disorder. Because everything is dysfunctional. Right. Right. The, the the world is being run on ego. Mm-hmm. I mean, it just is. That's right. Every, everything going on right now, proxy wars, land grabs, whatever, is based on ego, either an individual's ego or an ego yeah. of some sort of dynasty. Yeah. Uh, right. Ego. Mm-hmm. So, and love is the reverse of that, but it's hard to find it anywhere in the news. I yeah, nobody's going to tell you the answer. So... You are then the answer to the problem as it exists today, and nobody's recognizing it. Not nobody, well, but I mean, it's, it, it's, it's hard to You know what it is? It's um, the, the truth of the answer, where 
even Satan has twisted the idea of love to where, you know, if we don't do the homework, we're raised in his idea of love. And what that is, is so superficial. That's why we have superficial relationships. That's why we don't know how to communicate. That's why we cheat and the divorce rate is so high. That's why businesses fail. You know, it just, because it's twisted. Do you think you could be a, a combination then personally of, let's say, old school grit and new world ideas? Could you be that combination? Yes. Old school grit. And right? new world ideas and new world ideas. It has to be a new world idea. It has to be. Yeah. Because that's where we're moving. Yeah. You know, so, um, and that grit that you're talking about is just an absolute commitment. So that's who you are then. Your grit and love. Your grit and commitment. <laughs> you're like, you're like carefully applied sandpaper. <laughs> you're right. <laughs> oh, that's so true. That is so true. Mm-hmm. I'm going to polish you up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Well, you get to the point where, you know, after sandpaper, you, you become a crocus cloth and steel. Well, there's all sorts of different grades of how you can polish stuff up mm-hmm. as it gets shinier and shinier. You know, I'm, I mean, you could be looking at, at you know, uh, uh, what's it called? Flitz. Remember Flitz? You ever use Flitz? Mm-hmm. F-L-I-T-Z? Flitz? Mm-hmm. That's a silver polish. It's um, fun to polish stuff. Mm-hmm. Fun to sort of grab them and polish them. Well, you shouldn't polish some things because then you it devalues them, but I like to polish stuff once in a while. Okay. <laughs> All right. What is what is today? Is this what is this, Tuesday? Is this Tuesday? Yep. Tuesday. Yeah, it's kind of a lazy Tuesday today. It is. Have we talked you know, about four hundred subjects already in the last forty two minutes? I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. But don't you know, care. on I know I, I don't care. On the yeah, on the subject of polishing, you know, it's it's a lifelong endeavor. You know, you don't just read the book once or twice and go, wow, that had a lot of good nuggets. Put it down and go on your merry way and, you know, then go read, you know, conversations with God. It's not like that. And, you know, for me, I mean, I have, um, I don't know, almost 16 years into this applied practice. And even now, you know, I recognize myself where I could do better and you know, talk about polish. You know, it's like every little uh, divot, every little something that you're just like, and what about that? You know, you you get to really hone in on the the whole do not cause pain. You know, at first we're totally oblivious to what we're doing. And then if you read the book, you get enlightened going, oh, well, there, okay, well, I understand that. Oh, well, there's a point. Oh, well, you know, so, but it's, you're just scratching the surface, literally just scratching the surface of all that dirt. And, um, you know, the, the deeper down you get into it, you know, I, I notice myself, like, for example, my, um, my chip, my little dog, I was, I have a harness for him and I put the harness on him 
we were walking when I noticed that his arm was out of one of the, you know, his, his little hole there, whatever it's called in the harness. And I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute, Chip, come here. And I, you know, bent his arm to put it in there, but it was a little tighter than it should have been. So he yelped a little bit as I forced his arm through the hole. And this is me being, you know, like, eh, it's no big deal. Instead of unbuckling the harness, putting it in gently, closing the harness, come on, Chip, let's go. Me, I'm just going to take a shortcut and just shove his little arm through there. So it hurt in a, in a second. And, of course, it's over the moment his arm is through. It's not a big deal. But I caught it. And I said, you see, Marilee, you are making an allowance for yourself right in that moment to cause pain. And you think it's okay. It's okay. You're okay. You know, maybe you wiped your, your child's face a little too rough. Eh, it's okay. Toughen you up. You know, or if I'm going down the stairs and my dogs are taking too long and I have to scoot them, you know, like, come on, let's go because I'm going to, you know, I'm going faster and they're going to trip me, right? So I'm going to push them along and then they don't expect it. And it's like, well, that's not nice. That wasn't very nice. That's just your impatience. So it's those little tiny things that you start to recognize because the big things, the moment I'm engaged, meaning someone is, is um, their ego is getting larger at the table, right? And so now I have to be a little bit more serious with my moves. You know, that's, I mean, that's autopilot for me. But when I'm alone, I don't want to make allowances for myself. I want to keep understanding that I'm not to cause pain by any means. Stop doing that. You know, I'm not going to serve your drink too hot, or at least I'll warn you about it so you don't burn your tongue. You know, there's so many things. Yes. Okay. I keep thinking about all the mistakes I would make in that format. Um, Mm -hmm. Because everything you've said, I, I can see myself breaking the rule somehow. Mm-hmm. Um, does it get to the point then where you become fearful of yourself, like you're afraid to make a move? No. Um, mm-hmm. All you have to do, I guess, is just go slow and think about what you're doing. Well, because it it's it goes in increments. You know, you you're gonna understand. Like, for example, you know, you open up the book, you're reading. It, there's a lot to understand even prior to getting to the rules. You know, or or even to the stories. You know, and understanding how just typical behavior breaks all these rules. So, you know, in that moment, you're getting enlightened going, oh, all right. Well, I see that. I see that because, you know, we're intelligent beings. We see that. The one thing that strikes you, like, let's say, for example, this is the easiest one. I always use it. But sarcasm. People will go to sarcasm and go, no sarcasm. I love sarcasm. I'm always sarcastic. I love to, you know, and there, and then they defend it. See? And so now it's going to trigger them going, well, you know, it doesn't sit right because they know that, you know, you're sarcastic. We've been told for years by psychologists that sarcastic people are smart. I saw that the other day in a post and I posted it. And I said, this is programming. 
That's what this is. This is programming. This is to keep us divided and causing pain. You know, and it strokes our ego. That's totally Satan. So, the, you know, the, the quicker I can use my forked tongue, the more smart I am. And it's like, nah, sorry, that doesn't work. And the reason why is because sarcasm causes pain to somebody. You know, it's a snide remark to your player or it hurts your spectators or it hurts somebody that you love. I use, um, I have used for years, do you think? When someone yeah. says something, I'll say, do you think? Right. That's really sarcasm, isn't it? That's just really not good. Um, it is. And this is where discernment comes in. Because it depends on the tone of something so simple like that. Uh, it depends on when you throw that do you think at them, you know, is it is it a snide remark back to them like, yeah, idiot. You or, think? Are you just, or are you agreeing with them or are you underwriting the agreement? Exactly. So if you're underwriting the agreement, then it's a plus. But yeah. if you're accusing right. them of being not very smart, then it's a minus. That's then right. It's sarcastic. That's right. Okay. And that's where so that's, discernment comes in. That's mm -hmm. discernment comes in. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Right. And so that's why it's so important to go slow. The pause. You know, you're going to think about this for a minute before you say anything because depending on how you deliver how is how your player is going to catch, you know, the the arrow, right? Or they're going to stay in play. They're going to stay like they're going to trust you. But see, for me, I've for years I've used sarcasm as humor. Uh huh. Like I just many. Have. Yeah, like many. But it's not. Sarcasm is not humorous. Wait a minute. Are you putting me in the class of the many here? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when it comes to sarcasm, yes. <laughs> no. Sarcasm has to hurt someone. If we're paying attention. The arrow is shot to someone. And it, it just doesn't feel good. And the moment you hurt somebody, they understand like a dog does. Oh, like I can't trust you. You know, you, you can hurt me. All I have to do is the wrong thing and you will hurt me. Yeah. And that, yeah. And that comes with not just a sarcastic re remark, but betrayal if people don't have boundaries and they don't know what they're doing you can't trust them because what they're going to do is hurt you betray you backstab you when you're not around they're going to throw you into the bus can't win then can you i mean huh? it's not about winning it's not about winning i mean the circumstance is not winnable if you are i shouldn't say win that's the wrong phrase wrong word um god i have so many flaws oh dear <laughs> no it's not that <laughs> it's not you're not winning meaning the whole idea of the game is to have a lifelong relationship with your partner with your player okay across the table yeah 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 and to your point you're not winning meaning that if you throw that sarcastic remark out there 
all of a sudden it's just like it hits. I'm like, wait, what? Like you just hurt me or you hurt somebody I loved. Why would you do that? So, okay. Yeah. Then see, you, yeah. See, the thing is, is that, is that because of the time and because of who you are, I know that, and I, it, I know that when you say something like this, you're correct. And it's studied. It's a studied correctness. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's great. To a person who doesn't want to change their life that bad, um, you become almost a a, a drag. Uh, like, you know, why do I want to do this? I mean, I'm, I'm fine. I'm happy. Why do I want to do this? Okay. And, and I think that the, I mean, the answer, the obvious answer is because the, how much better you'll feel about yourself is so dramatic that you never will ever, you'll never think of it in that context again. Right. That's true. However, you know, to say that I'm a drag, right? Well, we have to presume that I'm the one that's enforcing or imposing my will for them to learn the game, to be better, to do better. And, And that's not the case. You know, when they come in contact with me, I am the game. And so there's something different about me. There's something they can trust, something they can love, something that they can, they know they want to feel again, but they can't put their finger on it. So that's different with me being that. But if I'm, if I'm directing on how to do that, then it gets really difficult because now it seems like I'm judging them. Right. You're grading their performance like a teacher. Right. That's no fun. And that's no fun. And that's why I don't coach. You know, because it's not easy to see where you're messing up. You know, I mean, obviously, it doesn't have to be personal. I could, you know, give examples on a board, you know, and let the person assimilate and figure it out for themselves in whatever situation. But the learning curve, like, for example, if there's something in the moment that they did that is causing um, an adverse reaction from their, their environment and they're attending my class and I'm teaching whatever it is, whatever point it is, it's not helping them in the moment. And they will not be able to bridge what I'm teaching to that lesson, you know what I mean, to, to their current circumstance. They don't get it. You know, like, for example, remember the um, you have to attend to the victim first. So I in in classes, well, mostly in movies, but in classes, too, you'll see a circumstance where where a a stand up professor will start to lean on a student Mm -hmm. who has brought up an issue and the teacher will try and squeeze the position out of the student, embarrassing the student, forcing the issue uh, to have the student become um, lesser than somehow. Yeah. There's nothing that's elevated. That doesn't elevate anybody. That, that Maybe that's just for Hollywood, but I've seen it in movies. I've seen it. Um, I've never really seen a class so much, I guess. But anyway, 
anytime that you try and make a point by embarrassing somebody else into making them look foolish on purpose, uh, obviously is bad. Mm-hmm. Is there a circumstance where that can work, do you think? Make somebody look bad? Mm-hmm. Work for who? No, the answer is no. <laughs> that was quick. Okay. Because um, you because it causes pain. You just that's the simplest answer. Does this cause pain? If the answer so is, is yes, any, don't do it. Is there any place in education that, in other words, if the interchange, if the interchange in education, let's say it's a uh, it's a hall, it's a two hundred student hall, and some guy, somebody is uh, in, in the class is raising his hand, or is challenging the challenging the teacher, challenging the teacher. I got thrown out of three universities for challenging faculty. Mm-hmm. They just threw me out because mm-hmm. I was aggressive. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, of course, it's written about and it's talked about quite a bit about me because I, I think I have almost a national broken record of uh, how to get thrown out of college. Mm-hmm. So, um, what what was my flaw then? There, where, I mean, I obviously they had the power. I was going up against. I was I was not the barbarian at the gate. I was like the flea against the window, you know, mm-hmm. but I wouldn't stop. I wouldn't give up. I, I wouldn't mm-hmm. change my position. Mm-hmm. It was my own grit, I guess. Mm-hmm. It, so, um, it's all tactile. You know, it's like, how did you do it? It's like we can tell people or we can ask. You know, if you ask and you allow people to answer, believe me, the answer is going to lead to another question. And then you ask again for clarification. And you'll see that typically they run out of a good answer. Like there's no real foundation to the way they think or the conclusion that they've come up with. And then it, and then it becomes, you know, just do it because they said so. <laughs> you know, or that's the way it's always been done. Quit questioning it. One of the circumstances in my case was that they saw me as a wealthy not so much wealthy, but accomplished business person who probably had capacity. Mm-hmm. And this one, this was, this happened at the University of Maryland. And this faculty member wanted me to come in and, and carve out um, a section of the school to privatize it somehow. And I thought he was completely inappropriate, incompetent, a whole bunch of stuff. Um, and he shouldn't have been treating, and I was a graduate student, he shouldn't have been coming after me that way. He shouldn't have been using me to serve his purpose. He thought I was going to be uh, interested in that situation because I was older, successful. I wasn't part of the regular class kind of look. I didn't look like the class, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm 59 years old. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, um, and I was uh, an anomaly. Let's put it that way. Okay. But... I went, but I attacked him. I attacked him. I mean, I was like a bulldog, and you know, in, in, and this guy comes after me. He wants me to do this for him, and I didn't have the courtesy to even walk away. I just, I just, I frontal, a full frontal attack. You're the most incompetent, stupid bastard I've ever met. Even trying to pull a stunt like this. Mm-hmm. But you see, I'm saying that with no power. Mm-hmm. And of course, he gave me an F, and I got thrown out of school. Um, but you got triggered. That was a knee-jerk reaction. I think I, yeah, okay, of course it was, yes. 
But was his reaction to get rid of me a knee-jerk reaction on his part? It was his power, too, and he didn't have to do that. He had to trump you, you know, and that's just, you know, one ego up against another. Because I was, when I was, yeah, you're right, because when I was a faculty member, I had guys coming out of the service Mm -hmm. that were in my class, and some of them were, I think, still in the foxhole, and they would come after me viciously or something. Sometimes they would just, you know, freak out, go after me really bad. What does that mean? And I never, well, I mean, they would attack me. They would attack me. I know, or, but I mean, verbally? Not, yeah, verbally, yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I'd never, ever do anything about it. I'd never do anything about it. And I would, later on, I, I might, if it was particularly bad, I might say, I would tell him, I'm not going to turn you over to the provost. I said, you better get your shit together. You know, you want to talk about it? Mm-hmm. Or something. Mm-hmm. And then they would come back later and I would, you know, they probably named their children after me, mm-hmm. but I never turned them in. Mm-hmm. I never went for them. I never, I never exercised my power as a faculty member. Did you I see yourself in students. them? <laughs> <laughs> no one's ever asked me that question, really. <laughs> <laughs> did you? I, yeah, I probably did. I don't yes. know. I mean, <laughs> And that's probably why it was easier for you to tolerate and exercise mercy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know? Yeah. If you're... <laughs> <laughs> <What>? <laughs> I'm just thinking how much I'd have to pay for this if you were a psychiatrist. <laughs> <laughs> Oh gosh. Well, see, you know, and that's the thing about the psychiatrist. I wouldn't have given you that. I would have said, I'll see you next week. <laughs> they don't heal anybody. Oh, it's all about money. Oh gosh. Oh, you know, okay. isn't that terrible? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, you're so effective. God bless you. <laughs> well, you know, to that that's that's the whole point of the power of love that i think that a great majority of us are missing you know until you really understand the whole pie you, you just can't you can't um see like the result of, of just using a slice of it you know and that slice has been like i said mixed up and twisted by the adversary you know Love is basically um, self-sacrifice and compromise, forgiveness, right? And it's like, no, no, you've got it all twisted. It's not that. And yet so many people are still promoting this. And it's really difficult to go up against that when it's almost like a mob. Yeah. You know? I can I can see that, yeah. And, and they can't see that even in their stance, their ego is screaming. It's like, gosh, dang. I had one lady, gosh, she was, she was like, I don't know, spinning nails at me with one of my posts about the Bible. I think I told you that when I said, you know, um, something like rejecting the conscious people who reject the wisdom of the Bible. 
quotes. Uh, I don't remember the whole po post. But anyway, the point is that she got so mad that I mentioned the Bible and how archaic it is and how people of today don't need um, that controlling factor and there's nothing in it. And it just, just went on. And I was like, wow. Okay. You shouldn't have so much hate, you know, for one book. You know, what is, what is the foundation for all that hate? And um, so I just simply asked her, you know, what do the people today believe in? You know, define that. Yeah, what'd she say? What'd she say? I don't, I don't know yet. I don't even know if she responded. I don't know. It's yeah. on, you know, Facebook. I don't know. But what I find, too, is that when I post something, people don't read the post. They don't read it twice, three times, four times. What does Merrily mean? What does this really mean? They just totally miss it. Well, you're probably asking too much from social media for start with. I mean, that's how you feel. Um, yeah, I think that social media. Um, I'm not going to take it, give it or take it there. It just it's kind of a doesn't move the needle much, you know. Mm -hmm. I think there's some interesting, um, and I think positive relationships that can be developed there uh, on places like Facebook, whatever, or keep track of your family or something. But but uh, there's not much stimulation that happens. Uh, mm -hmm. that, I'm, that I'm aware of anyway. No. And plus, I think it's dying down, the interest in it. You know, like f for me personally, I'm so tired of the ads. <laughs> I can't take it. And I'm so tired of it that there's no way I'm going to put an ad out there. Yeah, you mean like the, like, oh, people are pitching something on their, their poster about buying us. No. Or something? no, no, I do that. I mean, like on my post, I'll I'll write something or whatever, and then I hashtag the game. But I'm talking about the actual ads. These ads come up all the time with influencers trying to sell you everything, everything, mm -hmm. whatever you know. And I don't know. It's just lost its value. And then and just what people are posting. It's like, well. The time of needing to know what your food looks like and, you know, just the everyday stuff. I, I don't know. I just think people need something more nourishing. I, I think voyeurism comes to mind, you know, when we're all in everybody else's business. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. Who are you dating? What's your problem? Where are you at? Yeah. What alpha you got on? What are you doing this weekend? Who are you with? <laughs> God. <laughs> okay. I mean, that sounds like 15 years old to me. I mean, 16, whatever. That's pretty yeah. much what it is, though. You know, it's yeah. what it is. And I don't know. I, I, I was trying to think to myself earlier well, today. Well, what is the redeeming value then? What is, the, what is the redeeming value of social media? Connection. It's artificial connection because artificial you think, connection. yeah, because you think you've got thousands of friends or thousands of followers. And it's like the reality is, no, you don't. Only a handful of people see your stuff anyway. You know, and nobody's going to be buying your stuff just by a post. It's yeah. got to be an ad with an influencer in your face constantly till finally it's like a fly that you can't get rid of. And you're like, oh, my God, okay, send it. And you finally buy it. 
Okay. And it just none of that appeals to me. I think it'd be better use of your time if you just called bookstores and asked for your book and, and right. see what they say. Right. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it, it almost like an underground type of thing. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not in your what face. What are we to do? What are we to do? I mean, let's go back and talk to the trees. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Well, hmm. it's it's more of an underground, you know, people will start talking about it and if it doesn't cross your path yeah. I don't know maybe it's not meant for you I don't know you know because clearly it's a big world and you know there's a great many more people that don't know about it that are suffering causing pain don't know what to do and they need an answer and have you considered doing any book signings yourself um, I did in the beginning I did in the beginning, and um, what happened? I kind of lost my interest in it. I don't know why. I I think I don't know. We'll see. I'm not gonna sway one way or the other, but you know, Nick has, you know, he's got a case of signed books, mm -hmm. and did you open up his store yet? No, I think December first is the okay. day okay. yeah yeah so i i don't know maybe we'll have to see what what uh next year brings because there's a lot you know in the pipeline quite a bit actually and it would just be a you know for everybody who's reading the book right now kudos to you because you're ahead of the game <laughs> You know, <laughs> <laughs> <Isn't that fun? laughs> it is and it isn't. It, it's just, you know, when people start to get wind of how big this really is and going, oh, shoot, I thought I heard about that. Or what is that? Or have you ever heard of the game or what? Do you, you know, all this buzz, there's going to be people with a little bit of time under their belt, you know, knowing that they've read it two or three times and they've been putting it into practice. I think that's the secret to to scalable sales is just having people remember something about it. And so I think I should, I, I remember that now I've heard that, right. Whatever it is. Right. And just like in a conversation. Oh, I, I kind of, I remember that. Now that was uh, whatever. Mm -hmm. That's what advertising does for people. I think mm -hmm. I, but as a new author, like I am, um, uh, I was listening. Audible picked up my book in New York. Right. And uh, they hit it hit the market um, like over the weekend or something. Cool. And uh, congratulations. <laughs> thank you, thank you. And mm -hmm. I'm listening to my book being read to me by a voice I don't recognize. Mm-hmm. And that's what's really took me back. Um, huh. I don't know why. I just I wasn't like you know I mean just I don't know just odd so odd. Because it wasn't you. Because it wasn't me. Right. You know who is this guy? You know, reading my story to me. Right. What? You know? Right. Right. It it makes you like a third party. Yeah, I do my own story. Right. Yeah. That's weird. I know it's weird, feeling. but it's kind of cool. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. I mean, yes, I have. I mean, of course, it's cool. You know, I mean, who wouldn't? A lot of people never get to Audible, and I banged it out of the first right out of the box. But, mm -hmm. but um, that was nice. Mm -hmm. I feel good about that. Good. Anyway, uh, we're we're coming on to 
We're going to be in two hours here if we don't keep talking. Um. <laughs> well, I know because it's been a minute. It's been a few days since we talked. <laughs> oh, gosh. I and do I miss feel, you. I miss you, too. I, really I miss do. our talks. I feel like, you know, with the holidays coming up and, you know, it's right around the corner. And, uh, you know, everything comes to a halt. And you're like, you're just forced to slow down. We're not mm-hmm. going to halt, are we? We're not going to halt. Are we keep? No, we're, we're keep you marching? and I are. Yeah, we're yeah. not going to halt. But I'm just no. saying that you know, things out in the in the world and the pipeline and what you know people are trying to get done, it's just another stall. You know, it's yeah. just people yeah. are exhausted. You know, it's like oh my gosh. So, yeah, but I truly believe we're we're getting closer to the end. And uh, we'll see brighter days for sure. Where did I ever get that shoved down my throat this weekend? Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. I know we didn't even talk about that. <laughs> I think it's great. You know, when you come into another environment and all of a sudden it's like, wait, what? Everybody's talking about this? <laughs> it was a big yeah. surprise to me. Yeah. I mean, it was, it, I felt really privileged actually to, I've had the time that I've had with you to walk into a third party environment and have these guys lay it on me. And I, and I was ahead of them, you know, mm-hmm. um, I wasn't ahead of them at all, but I mean, I, I, I knew stuff, you know, right, right. I knew stuff. I had products. I knew stuff. I knew what mm-hmm. they were talking about. Right. Like I wasn't the deer in the headlights, you know, mm-hmm. and they're like, look at me. I mean, I'm getting, I'm getting side eyed by these guys. Like what? Hey, that's what it's like when you hang out with Marilee. (laughs) You got a little something, something in your pocket. (laughs) That's That is great. Good. All right. All right. Well, then I'll talk tomorrow. I love you. I love you too. I'll see you. Bye. Bye.